98K News. It's one o'clock. I'm Robert Kemp. The headlines. Foul smell in the LegCo chamber forces an adjournment after lawmaker Ted Hoy launches a smelly plant protest. Former Basic Law Committee Vice Chairwoman Elsie Leung says she doesn't believe foreign judges should be barred from national security cases. And Demosisto's Joshua Wong says he understands President Trump is considering partial economic sanctions against Hong Kong after the US said last night that the SAR was no longer autonomous. Legislators have resumed their second reading of the National Anthem Bill with pan-Democrats staging protests against what they say is the illegal election of DAB's Starry Lee as House Committee Chairwoman. The meeting has been suspended several times with police and firemen called in to the chamber to collect evidence after Democratic Party lawmaker Ted Hoy dropped a bag containing a bottle of pungent mud on the floor. He later explained it was a rotten plant to signify Hong Kong's rotten system. He accused the LegCo president, Andrew Leung, of abusing his power by not allowing the opposition camp to speak or put props on the desks. I was angry and I feel the need to protest against him. And so I used a rotted plant so that Leung Guanyin can actually feel and smell what it's like for a rotted thing. The rotted thing is one country, two systems. The rotted thing is the rule of law. The rotted thing is our civilization, our Hong Kong value. So I use this as a prop and I want him to taste it. Earlier pro-democracy lawmakers were ejected from the meeting. People's Power Ray Chan hid under a table to evade alleged security guards before being carried out, while lawmaker Chu Hoi Dick was thrown out for holding a placard that read Starry Lee, the best chairman. Pro-establishment camp backed the president's decision that only props linked to the topic being debated should be displayed. DAB lawmaker Elizabeth Quart says Ted Hoy may have already violated LegCo's powers and privileges ordinance by disrupting the meeting, and the police should take action. It's a very dangerous act. We don't know what is the substance of this object, but it smells so bad that we have to clear the floor at the moment, and the uh, meeting uh, was adjourned. So I think uh, he may commit a criminal act, and I think the uh, secretary of the LegCo should report to the police. A former Basic Law Committee vice chairwoman says she doesn't believe foreign judges should be barred from national security cases, nor is there a need for a special court. Elsie Leung was commenting on a Reuters report that quoted people familiar with Beijing's plan to impose the legislation on Hong Kong. A resolution is expected to be passed later today by China's parliament, speaking after appearing on an RTHK programme. Ms. Leung said the existing court system was fine and she dismissed concerns that foreign judges may have a conflict of interest. Upon assuming office, judges have to take a judicial oath which requires them to uphold the basic law and to confirm allegiance to the sovereign central people's government and the Hong Kong government. So I don't think there's any conflict of interest, as you said, in adjudication of these cases. Ms. Leung again sought to allay concerns that speech alone won't be seen as endangering national security unless it comes with an action. She said Nobel Peace Prize laureate Liu Xiaobo was jailed on subversion charges because he advocated changing the regime to a federal government in the 08 Charter with other people. On setting up a national security agency in Hong Kong, Ms. Leung said matters like this have ne- is never dealt with by local police and in overseas countries, citing the examples of CIA and the FBI in the United States. The former Justice Secretary also says she understands that Beijing's plan will draw local and international responses, but criticised the United States for interfering in Hong Kong affairs. Endangering national security is a very serious matter. We have to see which is the lesser of the two levels. 
and also that any um, measure for sanction and so on operates mutually. Uh, it not only harms Hong Kong's interests, but also harms U.S. interests. The Secretary for Justice, Rita Chang, has apparently hit out at the Bar Association statement that suggests Beijing has no power under the basic law to add national security laws to Annex 3 as it intends. In an article published in a pro-government newspaper, Ms Cheng said national security had never been under the autonomy of the SAR. She said while Article 23 says the SAR government should enact laws on its own, that is a responsibility endorsed by the central government. So it has never been under the autonomy of the Hong Kong government. University of Hong Kong law professor Johannes Chan says Beijing's plan to impose national security legislation on Hong Kong will put the city court, city's courts in a difficult position. He fears the scope of jurisdiction will be substantially limited as the MPC Standing Committee, which is drafting laws, has the ultimate power to interpret them. Professor Chan says it's also unclear whether local courts can deal with the cases as they have no power to try these cases under Article 19 of the Basic Law and even if they do it, it will give rise to other problems. If some of the laws, the scope is too wide, the Hong Kong court said that it is in violation of the Basic Law, Human Rights Protection or the Bill of Rights and strike it down. Uh, and if that happens, uh, what would the central government do? Would they just clap their hand and say, well done, or are they going to interfere? Professor Chan said it was naive to think that the new security law will only target a small number of people, as officials have been saying. He expressed concern about national, how national security might be defined. In China, they never really define what exactly uh, is national security. And so the law could change according to political expediency and political necessity. Uh, we don't know whether it will be more uh, clearly defined in the coming law, but in accordance with their tradition and with the current uh, scope, uh, it could be exceedingly wide. Um, and I think it would be naive to think that the law will only apply to a small group of people. Liberal Party leader Felix Chung says the business sector is afraid that Washington may strip Hong Kong of its preferential trade status and impose sanctions. He was commenting after the US Secretary of State Mike Pompeo told Congress that Hong Kong was no longer autonomous from mainland China. Mr Chung says the SAR could become a victim in the conflict between China and the United States. He says Mr Pompeo's statement will affect business confidence here. His statement is, will affect the confidence of the business sector in Hong Kong. The future investment and everything will be on hold. So we cannot do any analysis at this moment because we need to know the details first. Regarding to uh, what sort of sanctions they can do, the US government always saying that they want to help Hong Kong. But on the other hand, they might impose sanctions to Hong Kong. So I believe that the U.S. government should consider more clearly what are they going to do to Hong Kong, whether they're really helping Hong Kong or they're hurting Hong Kong. Demosisto says America's likely suspension or abolishment of Hong Kong's zero-tariff status and other sanctions are tragic, but a necessary step. He said it was... Joshua Wong said it was a it was Beijing who had sold out Hong Kong with the introduction of the national security law. The groups Joshua Wong said their understanding from American political circles is that President Trump could be considering partial economic sanctions as well as technological and weapons embargoes previously adopted on North Korea and Iran. He says it's possible these could come in one or two weeks. Sanction is not exist in aim only. Partial sanction 
embargoes or even freeze the separate economic entity in Hong Kong would also be some of the weapon or equipment for the world to let Beijing to know that it's a must to completely withdraw and stop the implementation of national security law. Mr Wong says he believes travel and student visas for general Hong Kongers will not be affected by the likely US policy change, but perhaps not so for those in power. He says while his group has been lobbying for international sanctions against officials, the problem laid with Beijing and not his group. It's Beijing who sell out Hong Kong and who broke the promise in the Sino-British Joint Declaration. Let Hong Kong not be the global city anymore. And we keep on to enhance not only local but even global community to stand with Hong Kong to oppose the national security law, not only by issuing written statement, but also take action, put pressure on Beijing or red capital in Hong Kong. The DB lawmaker Holden Chow says the US should not interfere in Hong Kong affairs and that a national security law should be enacted to protect the business environment in the city. He sidestepped questions on whether he is concerned that he, along with other pro-government lawmakers, would be sanctioned. The United States should not interfere our internal affairs. The international status and our business status is granted under our basic law. It's under our one country, two system principle. Police Commissioner Chris Tang has praised officers for successfully stopping protesters from disrupting proceedings at LegCo yesterday as lawmakers resume debate on the National Anthem Bill. The force says as of 9.30 last night, more than 360 people were arrested for various offences, such as unauthorised assembly and possessing offensive weapons. Speaking on police radio, Mr Tang said the twin strategies of early intervention and decisive enforcement were very effective, keeping them one step ahead of rioters, hoping to stage a comeback. A Canadian court has ruled that fraud charges against Meng Wenzhou, the chief financial officer of the tech giant Huawei, constitute a crime in Canada, opening the way for her extradition to the United States. Ms Meng, the daughter of Huawei's founder, was arrested in 2018 at the request of the United States, where she faces fraud charges. Following the ruling, the Chinese embassy in Ottawa said it was disappointed. It's the BBC Zoe Thomas. The longer this case drags on, the more it's going to strain relations between the U.S. and China and between China and Canada. Canada, in fact, put off its decision about whether Huawei should be involved in their 5G development until after this case was decided because they simply said it was just getting too complicated and too political. Now, Canadian politicians have tried to say that their justice system is separate from their politics and therefore this isn't uh, anything that the Chinese... Canadian relationship should be affected by, but China just simply doesn't see it that way. The United States Congress has voted to allow sanctions against Chinese officials over the mass detention of Uyghurs and other Muslims in the Xinjiang region, as the BBC's Gareth Barlow. The House of Representatives voted overwhelmingly to back the final version of the Uyghur Human Rights Act. It had already been passed unanimously by the Senate. Rights organizations say around one million Uyghurs and Turkic Muslims have been detained in vast re-education camps. China says these facilities are voluntary and many inmates have now graduated and returned to their homes. The vote in Congress is likely to further strain relations between Beijing and Washington. Stocks, a short time ago, the Hang Seng Index was at 22,843. That's 483 points down on the previous close. Turnover stands at $68 billion. 
Currencies, the US dollar is trading at 107.76 yen. The euro stands at 1 US dollar and 10 cents. And the pound is worth $900.50. Sport now, here's Adam Chern. We start in the English Premier League, where clubs have voted unanimously to resume contact training, despite four more individuals testing positive for the coronavirus. That's from a total of over a thousand players and staff who were tested in the third round. It takes the total number of positive results to 12 so far. The Premier League is aiming to resume the season next month. Here's the BBC's Laura Scott. Now, what this uh, phase of training will involve is close contact, tackling, and it will enable the clubs to bring players in to full team training. So they could do 11 v 11 from tomorrow. Now, whether clubs will choose to do that or not is, is entirely up to them. Clearly, it would come with an increased risk of transmission. Jordan Henderson from Liverpool, he said that the Liverpool players are feeling comfortable and safe. But then we have got the Bournemouth goalkeeper Aaron Ramsdale, who was one of the players who tested positive last week. And he said it came as a total surprise to him. So clearly there will be some concerns that still remain, but it does seem like they are happy to move forward uh, in, in their sort of majority to this next stage. Another Premier League meeting is taking place today where clubs will discuss further issues, including a possible confirmed restart date for next month. Borussia Dortmund's coach Lucien Favre insists he's staying with the team even though Tuesday's defeat to Bayern Munich appeared to have ended their Bundesliga title hopes. On the pitch, Leipzig missed a chance to go second after they were held to a draw by Hertha Berlin. The BBC's Katie Smith reports. 10-man RB Leipzig missed a chance to go second in the German Bundesliga as they conceded late on to draw 2-2 at home with her to Berlin. Elsewhere, Fortuna Dusseldorf came from behind to be Schalke 2-1, while a 3-1 win for Hoffenheim over Cologne moves them up to seventh. Meanwhile, Borussia Dortmund's coach Lucien Favre has backtracked on post-match comments he made, hinting he would leave the club at the end of the season. Dortmund's defeat to Bayern Munich on Tuesday leaves his team now seven points adrift of the champions in the Bundesliga title race with six games remaining. The Nigerian striker Odion Igalo has made a personal plea to Shanghai Shenhua to let him finish the season at Manchester United before returning to China. His loan deal at Old Trafford expires on Sunday and so far talks to extend it have failed to provide a solution. The 30-year-old Igalo is a boyhood United fan. There's growing confidence in his camp that a deal may be struck before the deadline with talks described as much more positive than they had been. While Shanghai would prefer to sell Igalo on a permanent deal, United have made it clear they're not interested in a full transfer. And that's your look at sports. To end the news, the top stories once again. Foul smell in the Legco chamber forces an adjournment after lawmaker Ted Hoy launches a smelly Proutland protest. Former Basic Law Committee Vice Chairwoman Nancy Leung says she doesn't believe foreign judges should be barred from national security cases. Demosisto's Joshua Wong says he understands President Trump is considering partial economic sanctions against Hong Kong. The news from RTHK. Certified quality. quality. That the gallum need and a cry for every day without apology. Without apology. But the right way that are my policy. Shun the ball alongside Beyonce.
Welcome to the 123 Show with me, Noreen Mayer, this Thursday afternoon. Thursday the 28th of May is today's date. How is it the end of May already? Time is flying by. Many thanks also to Phil for the morning brew. We do have a jam-packed show today. First of all, we're going to kickstart today's show by hearing about the Hong Kong International Young Readers Festival, which, as you may remember, as some of you may remember, it's 